welcome to the latest installment of the Cloudlinks podcast. I am Kevin Sheehan. I am co-founder of Cloudlinks, which is a contact center to the cloud migration specialty shop. Um, on with me is my partner, Frank. Hello, everybody. My name is Frank Wassenberg. I'm the CCAS practice leader for the firm. Thank you for joining us today. And our special guest today is Mr. Daniel Ash, the founder and CEO of Journeyfront. It's, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to be here with the world-renowned Frank and Kevin, whose names precede them. So many levels. Great I appreciate that. I like that. <laughs> I've never um, been world-renowned in anything. This is nice. <laughs> check the box. Um, You've arrived. Check that box. <laughs> we'll update our website right away. <laughs> um, Dan, why don't you tell our listeners uh, how, we, how we met? Yeah, so it's it's a pretty pretty awesome story. Uh, we met at Contact Center Week in Nashville, what in January before yep. the world went crazy. We were fortu fortuitously placed right next to each other, um, neighboring booths, and had a lot of downtime. We got to chatting about life, got to chatting about business, all sorts of topics along the way. Uh, so it was actually, I think you guys made the week a lot more bearable for us and enjoyable as we were just kicking it hanging out together yeah thank so, you typically people who get placed next to us at trade shows don't have that <laughs> really action <laughs> no okay then there must the, be uh, the frank and kevin show to... yeah the frank and kevin show can wear thin on a lot of people <laughs> yeah it's tired quick <laughs> got it no we we enjoyed it you know it definitely made the day uh go faster and made it a lot more enjoyable we, we thought uh, we got to do business with these guys in some way or form so, and i yeah. can't say i've had that experience from a trade show to this level at least before so thank you thank you likewise um the big story that i've told people coming back from the nashville show it was the first time we did nashville we've done uh many of the bigger shows um this is the first year that we were attempting to do small ones that um the the best contact that we made there if not the only significant contact that we made there was a result of the last hour of the show when Frank was <laughs> working the floor and I decided to go up and change so I could break down the booth that much quicker, get out of my suit and put on a pair of jeans and t-shirts. So I was gone for 15 minutes. And in that 15 minutes, this one guy came around actually looking for us and Dan- And uh, I sprung was, into action. Yeah, Dan was, <laughs> was smart enough and kind enough to, to get the guy's information and hold him there. Um, so a huge thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, that was training by osmosis. I felt like by the end of the day, I could give you a pitch as well. And yeah, jump into action. <laughs> Probably better. It, it worked um, out. Uh, it was a great fit. So we were, you know, it was fun that we developed a friendship there. It was an easy, easy decision. Kind of, kind of a fun well, thing to end the trip, the event with. Right. What was really funny about that is right. Um, right before Frank left to work the floor to try and network and, and squeeze as much as we could out of this thing. He gave me specific instructions. He's like, don't leave the booth. <laughs> so literally, um, literally four words is all I parted it with. <laughs> so when I came back down, I was obviously talking to the guy. And, um, and then Frank came back around. I'm like, well, here's our, our, our CCAS specialist, Frank. He's the guy I really wanted to introduce you to. And um, they had a great conversation. And then afterwards, Frank was like, 
So how did that guy come over? And <laughs> I was like, ah, he just came over, you know? I was high five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, great job. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we were really lucky, really lucky. And then I guess a, a few minutes later, Dan had can pop back over and he was like, hey, wasn't it good that I was able to stop that guy? And Frank was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. Yeah, that, that was a Frank lot of fun. So, he, he was a little cross with me. Uh, the funny thing that had one or both of you had been at the booth all day and it was literally yeah. that one five minute period at the very end story oh, of my right life. yeah story, story of his life <laughs> do you do you do you see yourself going to trade shows man like do you see yourself this year going to trade shows you know at the moment we don't know um we've can't we were going to be at ccw in las vegas like like you both i believe in what june we've we've mm-hmm. canceled well, we actually didn't. We're lucky enough to not even have signed up and had gone through with it yet when all this hit. We have canceled some others. Uh, we may towards the end of the year, but right now we're doing webinars and we just uh, helped sponsor a virtual career fair last week called the Get Hired Summit with thousands of different job seekers and different companies hiring to try to help with the recent rise in unemployment. So we're doing a lot of webinars, a lot of content, trying to help companies with different tools that they might be looking for or need in that in that air, in that way but we haven't planned on trade shows at the moment yeah i think you? it's kind of no it, it's kind of universal kevin and i it's actually pretty funny kevin and i when we started to see the I read the tea leaves that this was going to get a little worse than everyone thought it was going to be kevin and i were just in the middle of planning this podcast right and getting this thing started so we bought lighting equipment desk a big desk we bought uh, a couple cameras sound equipment. we bought all this stuff we bought the Wookiee behind Kevin from the office. You know, we had all this stuff, all the essentials, the op- all the es- <laughs> yeah. essentials to do a good, you know, a good video series. Right? We get it all set up the morning that Cuomo says we're locking down New York State. Yeah. Everyone has to go home tonight. <laughs> the studio is completely set up. Frank was so enthusiastic about it, Dan. He was like passionate about getting it right, and <laughs> he was watching all these other podcasts trying to like glum ideas and how we're going to like you know he was watching rogan and he was like definitely this is how we're going to have it set up it's going to be great it's going to be our studio and then next morning you know oh so going forward everyone stay home for (laughs) an indefinite amount of time full stop okay (laughs) well hey it was inspired right yeah and here we are inspired out yeah i got to in the original idea we were going to have people come to the office have some fun, have a beer or two. But I got to tell you, we've gotten 10, 12 episodes done so far, and we never would have done that many if had this not happened. So it was actually a good thing. Yeah. But listen, let's jump into it because I, I don't want to keep you, you know, I, we could probably sit here and reminisce about that trade show because it was three days of insanity that we could go through about. But uh, listen, your, your na- the name Journey Front is not a huge household name in the contact center space. You guys are building your marketing base. You're building who you're, who you, who you really are in the space. We know about you through the trade shows and through working with you on other projects since then. But why don't you tell us a little bit about you guys? Where, where's your focus? What are you looking to do? Yeah, happy to speak to that. <clears throat> so uh, Journey Friends been around now for, I don't know, four years, but we flew under the radar the first few years. Now we're, you know, we're venture back, we're fast growing, but uh, it's only until the last year or two that we really started to um, to get our name out there besides with our original customers that, you know, we're kind of that initial um, set of uh, people that we really focused on serving in the first year or two. Uh, we are a 
uh, hiring software that specializes in hiring accuracy. So our main goal is to help companies get the right person in every job. And we brought the latest technology, analytics, other powerful tools to this software to help companies do that all around hiring accuracy, which as you know, is, is just crucial. Um, how many people are in the wrong jobs? It's estimated we get it wrong 50% of the time. And so many other problems stem to ha hi uh, from hiring the wrong person. And so we eat, sleep, and breathe this hiring accuracy, getting the right person in the right job. And our software is all about helping companies do that. And it's particular to it's particular to contact centers, or is it is it is it across across the spectrum of an organization? It's across the spectrum. It's especially powerful, uh, relevant, uh, helpful for contact centers due to a lot of the different challenges that they face and the you know quantity of hiring that they do. But the system itself can be customized to the needs of whatever position you're hiring for, whatever that process is that needs to ideally get the right person in the right seat. So it's agnostic, although most of the companies we work with, you know, over half are call, are call centers. So we we ourselves we don't play in the in the HR space, but we've obviously attended a lot of these contact center events, and one of the things that we've seen is that there's a tremendous amount of HR software platforms out there. What is it specifically about Journeyfront? This is, you know, the the million dollar question that makes you guys so special. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of different HR HR companies, HR technologies out there um and when we founded, we recognized let's not go try to be everything to everyone. Let's let's identify what problem still exists um abundantly. Uh, which is this, you know, aligned with this stat I shared. We, we're still sure. getting hiring wrong 50% of the time. And in some companies, it's even higher due to the unique challenges they face. I would say call centers are in that are in that uh, that situation, right? So the most unique thing about the software is that we are hyper-focused on hiring accuracy. And there's a, not, a lot of reasons that make us unique, but if you compare us to the hiring uh, softwares out there that most companies that do hiring are probably familiar with, applicant tracking systems, those systems predominantly focus on hiring efficiency, you know, the efficiency with which we track applicants through the process, but where they are either um, light or have a, at least have a significant gap is on the hiring accuracy side. You can be using an applicant tracking system for years and still be making the wrong hiring decisions. There's nothing about the system that'll stop you from doing that. They're not really designed to help you with that. Um, and that's where Journeyfront comes in. We integrate with those kinds of systems to help use data to raise the success rate in terms of accurately identifying the right person from large candidate pools and, and figuring out the right process to put in place in a customized manner to, to hire more accurately for sure. that specific role. Sure. I shared this story uh, when we were together in Nashville. Um, I'll, I'll share it again for people listening to the podcast. Uh, we, we were hired uh, this past year for uh, a contact center, about 200 agents in, in middle of America. Um, and when Frank and I went out and met with them, it's part of what we do. We do a very deep dive, not just with their IT teams, but all aspects of the company. We meet with marketing, we meet with sales, we meet with HR. The, the hiring manager is brought in and, uh, you know, we asked him, you know, what kind of retention rates uh, do you see? And he's saying, and he's, he said, annually, we see about 98% attrition. And we said, you mean retention? And he goes, no, attrition. And I think Frank and I asked him the same question again after that. We're like, 
you lose 98% of the people who you hire in a year. And this is a, this is a call center that has been in business for, for a long time. It's a very well-known name. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't believe it. Even now, I don't believe it. Yeah. And, and, and that leads to so many other significant challenges when it comes to building that mechanism that's always filling new positions, always onboarding, always firing or, or letting go, right? Dealing with that uh, exit process. Um, so it's a really, it's a really tough um, situation. And that's why we exist is because if you can fix that top of the funnel, that will have a ripple effect across the rest of the organization, the culture, the processes that have to be put in place to to manage and, and help optimize the you know the customer support of, of the organization. And so that's that's where we come in. But yeah, it's a it's a tough, tough challenge that these call centers deal with. So you know, their hourly roles, entry level people often being hired, uh, tough, tough jobs, you know. So a lot of it's about what can we what can we do to fix that, right? Because it can vary quite a bit from company to company, and there's a lot of opportunity there actually, uh, if we can apply the latest analytics and tools to to help sort all that out. Right? What's causing that? So, not peeking behind the curtain too much here, but let, let's let's take a look at because I want to get into the analytics portion of that in a couple minutes. But I, I want to understand. So let's just say I'm a hiring manager. I'm trying to piece put my head around the whole thing. Right? I'm a hiring manager. I'm bringing in my contact center team, and I've got a whole slew of problems. You know, from people not even showing going up to people being disengaged the wrong people like you said is a big issue people just you know for whatever reason it's just not the right fit for them how how do you guys say all right we're journey front we're going to come in and we're going to make your life better what's the distinguishing factor for you guys that makes that context center manager's job easier yeah so uh first of all one of the first questions we ask typically is do you have a feel for what's causing the problem, the problems you're facing or not. For example, turnover. Do you have a feel for what's leading to turnover or not? Um, Harvard Business Review estimated that 80% of turnover is due to bad hiring decisions, just the wrong person in the wrong job. Either they get fired because they can't handle the environment or the role, or or they choose to leave because they can't handle the environment or the role, right? So um, the first question we ask is, do you have a feel for that? Often they don't really know. Uh, they yeah. they they trying to figure it out, but they but they don't know. And so what we do is we help come in and bring data uh, into that organization to help isolate what's what's driving turnover. Because the reality is, even though you know ninety eight percent of people might be leaving in the in a year, almost all of the workforce, you probably have a lot of people that are leaving within three months, within six months. You have some people that are staying more than a year, right? And that variance, that spread is where there's actually a lot of opportunity because if we can isolate what's driving the difference between somebody that stays for you know, even 12 months can drive a big impact versus three months or six months, um, we can move that to this actual screening process and help uh, screen out some of those people that are the worst worst hires, the most regretted hires that cause so many of the issues around absenteeism or just leaving after two months, if you can imagine how frustrating that would be for a trainer. And so we will help in the matter of just, you know, a few weeks, assess all the different traits, the background of all of these employees in that role, analyze that against their different performance metrics and what we use as a proxy for turnover, a job satis- a, a short job satisfaction assessment. And there are statistical ways then that we can identify what what explains the difference in employees that stay for a year plus versus those employees that leave within the first three months. So that helps them finally start to have data 
to answer some of the questions they haven't been able to get answers to in the past. So that's kind of the, the first thing we can do. And then the second thing is once we have those insights, we will then turn to their hiring process and help tweak or customize what they're doing in the hiring process to fix some of those issues they're having. And that's a very custom process because it'll depend on the unique challenges that they're dealing with, like you mentioned. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Kevin and I have worked together for probably 20 years now. And as I look at it, I, I think one of my my <laughs> least successful traits as a manager was hiring great people and great, I've hired some real good ones, I've hired some doozies. But, uh, you know, I, I, it's it's a challenge. I mean, just, I, I've hired tons of people. We, you know, Kevin and I ran a large organization. We had a bunch of people working for us. And I think, Kevin, I'll give you credit. You hired some, you hired better than I did over that time. So I can see the value of of the software right off the bat if I could have figured out some of those problems. Even just the metrics on what I was looking for and what I wasn't looking for. Maybe it's people just too similar to me and I liked them. So I didn't know what I was finding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In your defense, it is tough. I mean thank you. I, I, I think <laughs> I think <laughs> I think um actually uh evaluating a human and trying to predict how likely <laughs> they are to not just be successful, but also stay, but also be engaged, but also show up for work on time. That is no easy process. So I wouldn't fault any person for, uh, I wouldn't even say um, confessing. I would say being honest about the fact that they don't get it right sometimes. In reality, I think every person has different biases that come in. And so the power is just how can we figure out um, how to get it right more often? Right. And there's a lot of different things we can do to remove bias from the hiring process and track things in a more methodical manner when you're doing something over and over again, like call centers are doing when it comes to hiring to to get right more often each time. Uh, Dan, have you ever thought of branching off and developing a platform like this for dating? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> We've been asked that before. We haven't opened up that can of worms yet, and I don't know that we will, but uh, obviously well, there's a Kevin's lot of Kevin's got all the data. He's got all the yeah, data. Yeah, I got all the data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure your experience paper. would be a research study in and of itself uh, that we'd love to dive into at some point. Oh, <laughs> but, that's really what it's like, but that's really what it's like, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. what, what, what y- your, your platform helps vet through the the facade of of what someone might be even if it's on paper you know right even if what you know their their resume or background says about them right well when you bring up a good analogy though when it comes to hiring because you know we we, <laughs> we live sleep eat sleep and breathe hiring accuracy and we're trying to insert this new prominence that i think we all get into the 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 conversation around the importance of it, right? And when you're talking about dating or even marriage, you know, what's more, what's more important, um, marriage efficiency or marriage accuracy, yeah. right? Uh, I would, you know, it doesn't matter who I marry as long as I, I married them a month before, because I was trying to marry them as quickly as possible. No, at the end of the day, it's, you know, the, the, the ROI from getting that decision right is going to have such a more significant impact than the ROI of making it just a little faster, right? Um, you can be as efficient as you want, hire the wrong person really efficiently. But if you haven't hired accurately, none of that matters because you're just going to be you know, opening up that position again in two weeks or three months and refilling it efficiently um, if, if you don't start first with accuracy and getting that right. So that's where we come in. Yeah. And, that, and that's a monumental task. I mean, you know, from even somebody like a corporate trainer who's got to do the same thing over and over again. You, you know, it leads to an issue where you don't know if your training's right. So it's a lot of wasted effort trying to get your training right, maybe even redoing your training. 
redoing your onboarding presentations and materials. You know, you could have a lot of things that are just right that you don't know are right or wrong that you don't know are wrong without something like this to get to know. And you could waste a ton of money on the back end to fix things that aren't even broken. Right. Yeah. And I'll kind of, kind of give you a stat around that that you might find interesting. You know, employee engagement has been all the rage these last 10 years with good reason, right? A lot of studies around the importance of employee engagement and estimates that, you know, 70% of the population are disengaged at work. Harvard came out with a study that estimated 50% of employee engagement is about personality. 50% sure. of the variance in engagement, employee engagement can be explained by just the personality of the person. And the reason that's kind of, you know, earth, uh, earth shattering a little is think of all the money we're spending on engagement to try to get yeah. these people to be engaged. I mean, 50% of that problem, you know, unless you're going to change the person's personality won't be fixed by throwing dollars at it. And that's where, you know, some of these things like hiring accuracy can really yeah. help solve that problem more cost effectively, efficiently, and, and, and quickly than maybe some of the things you're talking about trying to, you know, tweak the environment or tweak the training um, right. to help the wrong person do better. So right? I could bring in, if, if I, I could bring in an outside specialist, the best of best in breed uh, trainer or or, you know, sales enhancement guru. I could bring in Tony Robbins and spend a million dollars and only 500,000 of that is going to be even put to use. That's right. Yeah. You've seen and, and that, course, though. You've seen that, though, Kev. Yeah. Like you run a sales contest. And half the people look at you like you're crazy. 25% get really excited. And the other 25% are indifferent. You know, it's, it's trying to find what motivates any one person. You can't run one sales contest. You got to run nine of them because you got to get whatever gets that person excited. Right. Right. Which, which is, it all, it all starts with figuring out what is the environment? What is the culture? What is the job? What are the strengths required in that job? And then how do we adjust the hiring process so that it delivers people that will thrive, be happy, stay long enough for it to matter, do well in that job, that environment, even that boss, right? Um, that can be a very powerful paradigm shift when it comes to trying to get people to better align with with the job. And, and obviously, we all win if we can have the right people in the right seats. I mean, the company's better off, you know, higher profitability metrics. You know, all the all these studies suggest higher retention when you hire the right person, of course. And the person's better off too, right? Sure. Now let's say I'm a, I'm a, I mean, the obvious question is if I'm listening to this podcast right now, I'm sitting there going, that sounds all great. Maybe it's a little fluff. I don't know. I, you know, I want to, I need some proof. Give me some tangible proof. I'm that contact center manager that says, I need proof. How does this work? Can you give us, can you give me something off top, you know, just, just think off top of your head, like, like some case study where you could say this proved results, this gave us KPIs that were increased because of this? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> The, the powerful thing about our software is that by its very nature, nature, every client becomes a case study in the sense that the system will track all the data points you're collecting in the hiring process to drive decisions and then which data points led to getting it right. And it also tracks performance and retention um, or it helps integrate with your performance or retention monitoring systems, you know, to, to track that as well. So we have this data pretty readily. Uh, we had a call center, very well-known um, company down in uh, headquartered in Phoenix. They had a call center, uh, 400 people. They were dealing with six-month attrition uh, of 50%, meaning 50% of their call center, 400-person call center, left within six months of getting hired. 
That's huge. Uh, if you can only imagine, great organization, very data driven. They had a lot of KPIs they were tracking, but you know they had to let go of people, and a lot of people just ghosted and didn't show up. You know, one day, sure. which is uh, which is the worst kind of data because you have no idea what happened. That's right. And so what we did is we we partnered together. We came in. We we built that initial data set um, assessing their existing employees in that position tying it to the actual performance KPIs they were tracking on each of this, these employees, where there was a pretty significant spread, as well as an initial proxy for turnover, which was a short kind of job, anonymous job satisfaction survey. In reality, some of these people really liked the job in the environment. Some people hated it, and that you know served as a proxy for turnover. And, and then we built, um, we identified different traits that led to people who were more likely to be successful and, and uh, satisfied. And then we took a look at their hiring process. We we administered that assessment, and we also made some tweaks to their interview um, profile, the, the interview guides that they were building, which you know Journeyfront has an interview module. Um, within one year of kind of adjusting that profile of what they were looking for, that six month attrition rate had fallen from fifty percent down to twenty seven percent within one year. Wow! And their performance KPIs that they were tracking the percentage of people that met or exceeded performance expectations had grown also by 31% because it was zeroing in on not just patterns around people more likely to be satisfied, but also more likely to be successful. And the entire hiring process was able to more effectively screen for those things. And so since partnering with them, that was three years ago, we're now in, they have a number of different other call centers. We're now in five of their departments um, who all had varying degrees of challenges on the performance or turnover side and kind of a, a fun little anecdote or uh, evidence of this, the person that we first partnered with that was the head of that initial call center, he since got promoted to be the head of their sales call center, which is an even bigger call center, and then got promoted to be the VP over all uh, several different call centers. So it's been kind of fun to, to see you. that impact. Well, right. no, it was because of the partnership, right? It, 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 takes a great, it takes a great client that's data-driven, that's open-minded, that's wanting to fix things and w willing to you know, adjust their process to do so. And it was just kind of fun to see that you know, he's been richly rewarded because of that. Sure, as has the company. Um, yeah. So if, if, I'm a, if I'm an HR manager and I engage with your platform, I engage with Journeyfront. What's the expectation in that year of of using you? And I'll I'll also add in this current economic environment, which is starkly different than what it was six months ago. Meaning that we're looking at now record unemployment, which is almost presenting the opposite problem that contact center managers, at least the ones who we work with, have told us is that it's been very hard to find people to fill these seats. And often it, they're forced to kind of take who they can get. Now we're looking at 20% unemployment, uh, especially in some parts of the country where contact centers are quite prevalent. It's a very different environment right now. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm working with Journeyfront and I'm dealing with uh, an avalanche of people applying for those seats, you know, what's the expectation uh, I can have? Yeah, and do you mean in terms of how are we going to work together, or do you mean in terms of what kind of promises do we make from a standpoint of results they're going to achieve, or right. what specifically are you referring to? So if I'm going in to interview, let's say, a room full of 500 candidates, and I'm using Journeyfront as a firewall or a filter or a tool to interview these people, 
what what expectations could I have for for the help that I'm going to get? What am I oh. going to the mistakes I'm going to avoid? Basically. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. What what mistakes are you going to help me avoid? I like that. Yeah, so so obviously when you take a, a candidate pool that can already be you know somewhat significant, and then you times it by three x or four x, the need for accuracy and efficiency increases, right? Because you got to wade through more candidate pools, and so sure. the uh, a larger candidate pool, so the risk that you um, bring in the wrong people for an interview increases, right? Because there's so many different out pe people you're trying to wade through just at the application level. So the first thing we can help do is we can help use data and some automation tools to better screen at the top of the funnel who you should actually bring in for an interview. And we can actually use data that we've identified from the existing employee base to make the, help them make those decisions, right? Actual data around what traits lead to success, lead to satisfaction, retention in the role, and drive from the agents themselves. And so that top of the funnel piece, what we call our assessment plus module, has a big impact on the efficiency and accuracy with which you're able to identify who to bring in for the interview. And then the second thing, once you get people into the uh, the interview, obviously the you know it's not over. Now you got to actually make the right hiring decision. We can help build um, a more structured way to accurately screen for the traits you need to screen for, and have allow you to have more confidence that you're 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 making the right decisions so that you can get the right people in the right seats, sure. which is what we're all about. That would kind of be where we would come in and help. That's, both top of the funnel as well as bottom of the funnel, both. Th that that sounds like very very important six months ago. But again now for every job interview that had one candidate show up, there's there's gonna be seven or eight now. So the the table stakes have right. gone up massively and right. you have an opportunity you know for good and bad in other words you there's a greater risk of hiring bad people because you're just going to get people who can say anything that they want to get a job to get any kind of a job mm -hmm. but yeah. you're, you're also going to have a greater talent pool that there are going to be some genuine you know unicorns in that room that you have a chance yeah. of getting right um so like now more than ever i would see journeyfront being uh, an asset to any contact center manager who's looking to staff yeah yeah and obviously none of us love the fact that unemployment has increased sure. and there's a lot of people suffering but think thankfully companies that are hiring like call centers can be the solution to a lot of people suffering out there to actually yep. place them in jobs they were recently um you know removed from it no fault of their own um and i guess the what you've said is is right on in that if, if you can help um, make your process more effective, this can be a phenomenal opportunity to see dramatic improvements to retention rates, performance KPIs, because you have such a broader pool of talent to draw from. It's sure. just a question of zeroing it down to the right person, but you, there's a lot of opportunity here, like you said. And cool. less, I'm sorry, Frank, just last point, something for people no, to, go ahead. Go ahead. to think about. Call centers, now with the, with the type of obviously cloud technologies that are available, a little self-plug there, you know, are a job that you can get and work from home. You know, call centers mm -hmm. don't have to be these massive farms of people anymore. People can work just as effectively on both inbound and outbound calls working from their home, where at like, right. you know, you, you can't be a pharmaceutical rep. You can't be uh, any kind of a operations person, you know, and, and work as effectively as a call center agent could work, right. working from home. I'll kick it yeah. back to Frank.
God, can you God, well, can you think of what the pharmaceutical reps world is going to be like now? Like their whole job going from office to office, speaking to doctors now. Like that's can't can't do it. That's that's upside down. That's that's going right. to be upside down. You're not going to be able to do that in the way. Like there's probably three or four jobs right now that people are going. I live going to people's offices. I, that's my whole thing. Or I live going to people's houses. Like even just sales guys. Like that's a that's a yeah. massive shift. Now, if you take a look, I have two questions actually. Can I say one oh, thing on that, want, Frank? Want, yeah, well, yeah. I was just going to say that, you know, field sales, out, outside sales, well, let's say field sales, you know, been around for decades, right, or longer, I guess. But, um, but you know, a lot of companies have already started to make the transition to an inside sales force, and, and they are being rewarded right now because their business models are, um, are more in line with that ability, right? Other companies will have to transition more quickly. But whenever there's this opportunity to go more digital in any process, hiring process, sales process, more remote, I mean, it's going to insulate, insulate you not just from disruptions like the current, but obviously future pandemics that hopefully not, but many think could happen, happen again, right? Yeah, and if you, if you take a look, it actually, that actually fits. Now, if you take a look at, let me go this way. There's two. There's probably a couple industries, like you said, that are going to be a chance that are going to be challenged. But if you take a look at a call center and you've got to staff that now, and you go from I had a conversation the other day. I forget who I had it with, but it was they had a hundred people in a room making their calls, and now they've got to be six, seven feet apart. They've got a, a massive problem of resetting cubicles and getting everyone staged properly. What do you see? I mean, you live this world. So what do you see is going to be the biggest hiring challenge in the next three months as, as states open up or as states regroup and, and companies have to restaff? Where do you see the major challenge for an organization? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, first of all, anytime there's like a big structural shift, um, the profile of what a successful person looks like is going to change. And, what, and when I say success, I'm using that word very generally. I mean, somebody who's going to perform well, who's going to yeah. enjoy the culture, who's going to stay, et cetera. And so as you can imagine, you know, a remote job versus a job in an office, in a big office where you're surrounded by people, that would lend itself to a very different profile of a person, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, an uh, inside sales rep on the phones, as opposed to a traveling pharmaceutical rep or traveling rep that goes door to door, that would lend itself to a different profile. So I think I think one challenge will be figuring out what the implications are for your organization and your roles in terms of what you need to tweak um, so that you're not hiring based on the ideal profile of a year ago or five years ago, but you're hiring it in the new reality. I think a second thing will be going digital. Um, obviously, we still see companies that are using paper interview guides, paper resumes. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. A reason to not use paper anymore. Um, yes. We were just talking before we started recording here about, you know, evidence suggesting that COVID was in France and even California as early as the fall. And, you know, these could happen again. I mean, can you imagine if your organization had one candidate or one hiring manager recruiter that had had COVID or a future disease no. they were using paper and it got passed around like a like a bomb to everyone else, no. right? Oh my so that'll be an important thing and that companies need to go digital, not just due to the, the germ factor, but also, you know, this structural effect when you have to go remote so quickly and then back. And then the third is what we talked about earlier, I think, is dealing with larger candidate pools um, and, and, you know, whether that is a burden or whether that is an opportunity will depend on your ability to really improve your uh, hiring efficiency and accuracy and, and your mechanisms around achieving that in the hiring process. So if you so let's let's go at the last one. So if you said to us, we've got Journey Frontier, and it's going to help you trying to find that that needle in the haystack. It's going to help you find that diamond in the 
Roth. There's got to be some some either core principles you look for in a candidate, or there's some core principles that the software is built on that is the baseline of the product that allows you to say, this is how we've done it, this is what we're doing, and this is why we're different. I mean, can you can you give us an idea? Either one of the candidate, I'd, I'd be interested in it, without giving up the secret sauce. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I I love this this question um, a, a lot because independent of Journeyfront, um, you know, we exist to we let's get better at hiring. Like we, the world will benefit. We will all benefit if we get the right people in the right jobs, right? And independent of whether a company uses Journeyfront or not, there are principles of successful hiring that a company should use. And 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 those guiding principles can really help you rethink your process, right? Number one is is the principle of to hire is really to predict. Um, if if you're hiring, you are in the process of predicting something, and that's important because um, otherwise you kind of lose sight of that. Like if you're just shooting the breeze with a with a candidate, um, you're forgetting that you're actually there to to predict, and otherwise you you resort back to your own biases and hiring who you like, which doesn't necessarily correlate with who's going to succeed, who's going to retain, you know, et cetera. So to hire is to predict, and once you realize that, I think it it helps you think through, you know what what you're doing and rethink why you're measuring doing the things you're doing in the hiring process um, and and kind of allow you to calibrate that a little more. Second is that um, every company and every job is different. And so there's going to be, you know, ultimately we've thought about it from the frame, framework of you're either trying to predict performance or culture fit or retention, right? Will they be able to do the job? Will they be able, will they stay in the job long enough? And while they're doing the job and staying in the job, will they, um, you know, jive well with the people around them, the culture, you know, et cetera. Those are kind of the three things. And every job, every company will be different in terms of how much of the hiring process you allocate to screening for cultural fit versus performance versus retention. For a brain surgeon, you're probably going to want to heavily screen for performance, right? Um, the stakes <laughs> yeah. are very high. <laughs> or a call center, you still have to screen for performance because, you know, these are people talking to your customers. But but you can um, also allocate a portion of that process and should, we'd recommend to screening for a turnover risk. And there is a lot of research on out there on things that um, that lead to greater likelihood of retention that can be screened for, right? And so um, allocate your hiring process according to the unique needs of your job to screen for those three different things um, based on the, that uniqueness. That's kind of the second principle. And then the third is, you know, the key to hiring is knowing what to measure and how to measure it. Um, such that you can achieve those different outcomes you're looking for. And when you think about it that way, some of the problems around hiring kind of start to surface, right? When when we get hiring wrong, it's usually either because we weren't measuring the right thing, we weren't measuring the right attribute. Um, so, oh man, we didn't measure if this person was humble and coachable. How many times has that happened, right? Yeah. You know, you hire somebody, you have high hopes and they are not coachable at all and it's not going to work out. Um, so that's a, that's, a, that's a question of missing, you didn't measure the right thing. Um, but sometimes we have the right attributes, but we don't measure them accurately. We think we measured it correctly, but we didn't. And so if you can have your hiring process be more deliberate to where you're breaking it down to what traits matter and how are we accurately going to screen for this? Is it a resume review? Is it a phone screen? Or is it a work sample? Is it a situational interview question? And you can kind of allocate different um, things across the hiring process to, to make sure you're checking all those different boxes. That can have a significant impact on the overall success rate of that process as it relates to you know, people that perform, that stay, and that fit the culture. Yeah, I like that because you know, I, I do a lot of coaching now and I've got four kids. So we coach, I don't know, 28 sports, it seems like. And 
you know, there's, you know, there's a quote that got sent said to me a couple uh, a couple years ago, or that I read from a college football coach. It says uncoachable kids become unemployable adults. So let them get coached and roughed up a little bit. It'll serve them longer in life. So it's it's interesting when you use the word uncoachable, it just pops into my head because it, it really is. Coachability is massive because you get people who are studs and can't play work and play well with others. You get people who are at the 90th percentile and they just won't get past there because they don't want to listen to anything. They don't want to adapt to a change. They don't, they don't want to listen to coaching. So that coaching module has got to be massive in, in its importance to a, to an organization. Yeah, that's right. I worked for Frank for 10 years and I'm pretty certain he's talking about me. No, Kevin's <laughs> completely uncoachable. Yeah. Everybody, completely everybody uncoachable. watching this who knows us knows exactly who he's talking about. <laughs> so Kevin, here's the game plan. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Okay, good. What was that? <laughs> Damn your game plan. Damn your game plan. Damn the torpedoes. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a massive thing. It's, it's, it's huge because you look at it and you say, I've got to get through this person because, yeah, they may be succeeding, but they're succeeding by doing things differently. And then that even goes upstream. Maybe you have to be coached a little upwards to, to change what you're doing because maybe what they're doing is working. And that gel has got to be there. You've got to mix well with others. Right. Right. And the extent to which coachability matters, I mean, I, I think no one's going to say coachability is a bad thing, right? Everyone would agree it's it's a good thing. But but in some jobs, it's crucial. In other jobs, maybe not so much. You know, it'll, it'll vary. And that's what I meant when I said every job's different. You, but you've got to yeah. go through that process of identifying what matters in this role and how do we measure it. And, and you know, shortcuts or a lack of structure lends itself to you know, skipping all that and just, you know, hiring who you like or who your bias suggested might be good or who looks like you or, you know, whatever we resort to when we don't have the necessary structure and different checks in place to have a, an effective process, you know. You've got to turn this into a dating app. I'm with Kevin. It's got to be a dating app. It's massive <laughs> amount of issue. Could I? Could I customers. Yeah. Could, yeah, boy, 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 would I? Um, <laughs> could I interject with just sort of a pragmatic question for people who are watching this? Talk about your your cost model and and how the the platform is structured. Is it a month to month thing? Is it an annual thing? You know, any numbers you want to put out there? Yeah, so um, it's a it's a subscription. It's a SaaS solution, right? So you it's a, a monthly subscription with a one time implementation fee to access. But right. a lot of un unlimited assessments, unlimited analytics, unlimited under interviews. Once you're paying for that that subscription and the subscription cost will just depend on the size of the org. We have stuff that starts at 5K and all the way up, right? Depending on the size of the org as well as which different modules of our system you're, you you want to use. Right. And is are there any thresholds either in how many agents or how little agents you, you would take on? Uh, no. Um, you know, the most important thing is, do you care about hiring accuracy? Do you care about hire? And that doesn't just mean performance. Again, that means, you know, whatever result, retention, you know, anything, right? Um, so as long as they have that and they hire regularly enough for it to matter, right? If, if you're going to hire somebody every year or every couple years, one person, you know, it may not sure. be something that's top of mind, but as long as you're hiring regularly and you care about who you hire, we have right. something that can benefit. Some of the more powerful features we have in the software, some of the like analytics aspects of it will be more effective if you have enough hiring volume and sure. enough of an existing pool to draw from, but those thresholds can be fairly low, you know, uh, 30 people in a given role 
can be enough to derive some predictive insights. And that's just the analytics tools of the software. You know, sure. of course, some of the structured interview tools and um, kind of automated screener tools that we have can help with, you know, any role, any size. Yeah, no, I mean, if you go down the, if you go down the cost model for it, even you just take five grand, that's nothing in comparison to hiring seven people wrong. Yeah, you know, right. you hire seven people wrong. It's, it's, you're burning so many hours, so many dollars, so much, so much, and some of these travel, you're burning everything. It's, so right. it makes sense to look at it this way. Right. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much long, how much longer I want to crush you here in the middle of your day. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting down <laughs> to some nitty gritty. We've had you for, I'm looking at my timer and we've got you for almost 50 minutes so far. So, I mean, this has been a great conversation. So thank you. What, yeah, what I'd like it. to do, if you're open to it is get a demo of the platform because, um, I'd like to show it maybe subsequent to this, have the demo yeah. go, you know, not while we're talking, obviously, because, you know, I like to be the star a little bit, but um, have the demo alongside of it when we launch the channel. So maybe you'd be open to doing a demo for us on the platform. Yeah, happy to. Yeah, that'd, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be great. Cool. Because, you know, that we, we, we could, we could enter, we could cut in pieces of the demo that are relevant and we can show it alongside of it. We did it with a contact center vendor. And it gets a lot of views. It does. It gets some people looking at it, and it's exciting to kind of go through it. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. Seen, we've seen it. We've seen the demo, Dan. Um, and that's what really caught our eye. You know, the 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 product, having seen it, is it's very slick. It's very impressive. Yeah. Whereas, thanks. Yeah. Ha happy to uh, schedule a, fo a follow up one of these and and dive into that and um, just speak to the general nature of the software to be able to customize its. Uh, to, to the unique needs of any given org, but especially call centers. So it makes a lot of sense given the type of companies you guys work with. So if, when, if we're all not going to go to trade shows this year, we're going to have to figure out another place to have three o'clock beers pretty regularly, which <laughs> somehow we managed to get way more than our handful of that show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll right. have to figure out some place to get together and get a group of people together again without being in a trade show. I know. Yeah. We, you know what we should do, Kev? We should do the thing you're talking about. Get the Get the group of people we met at the trade show together for a virtual a virtual happy hour again. Yeah, we were thinking about setting up a, a, a virtual happy hour of of different people who we know in the contact center space. You know, we yeah, know a lot of different a lot vendors, of a lot of really good people who we're friends with, and just you know do do what we were all doing with our friends and family, but kind of do a little bit of networking as well. Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. I mean, we. <laughs> We can't live like this too much longer. We've got to make some substitutes. <laughs> oh, social creatures. We all need. Yeah, totally. I think it's a great idea. Uh, count me in. I'm in for that. I don't know, Kevin. When's the last time you actually had a suit on? Uh, you know, that's you being without a suit for this long is, is you've got to be going through withdrawals. You know, we Armani with cash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't allow Kevin if we uh, put the the dress code at being too formal or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, Dan, this has been fantastic, and uh, I, I would encourage anyone uh, who's watching who has a stake in human resources within their call center or any company uh, to check out Journeyfront. Um, so, you know, wrapping it up, thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Always a pleasure. Looking forward to the next one. You as well. You, you as well. Thanks, guys. Great. Thank you. Have a I appreciate it, guys.